Hello, listeners. Thank you for joining me for my podcast, Did You Hear This? Today, I will cover a couple of stories that were perhaps overlooked by the racism chaos of the last week. First up is a new initiative by Michelle Obama called When We All Vote, which will target new voters turning 18 before the next election, most still in high school, followed by the changes in the Environmental Protection Agency and regulation rollbacks by this current administration, appointees, and acting directors. These rollbacks have serious consequences for all Americans in regards to protecting and improving on clean water, clean air, and uncontaminated food sources. Okay, let's get started. From the Washington Post, written by Valerie Strauss, Michelle Obama appeals to teachers, make sure your students are registered and ready to vote. Former First Lady Michelle Obama is urging teachers throughout the country to make sure students who are eligible to cast ballots actually register and are ready to vote. Obama made her call through a video address at two recent teachers union conferences, the annual convention of the National Education Association, the country's largest labor union, and the American Federation of Teachers. Together, the organizations have as many as five million members, most of them educators. Her outreach to teachers is the first piece of a voter registration initiative that she helped launch last year, a national nonpartisan organization called When We All Vote. Other co-chairs include actor Tom Hanks, Lynn manuel Miranda, Janelle Monet, Chris Paul, Faith Hill, and Tim McGraw. The teachers' unions are partners with the nonprofit initiative, as are other organizations including the League of Women Voters and Rock the Vote. I'm asking you to join me in helping make sure every eligible student is registered and ready to vote when the time comes, she said, adding that nobody should tell students how to vote. She said that registering young people to vote is about empowering the next generation to make their mark on our future, and she hopes it will become as timeless as homecoming dances or Friday night lights. She did not provide specifics about how teachers should do this, but said, when we all vote, we'll provide resources and training to educators who want it. In her address, first reported by Education Weekly, Obama noted that only one-third of eligible voters ages 18 to 29 voted in the 2018 midterm elections. According to this Washington Post story, the U.S. Census found that 36% of citizens age 18 to 29 reported voting in last year's midterm elections, jumping 16 percentage points since 2014. But that's not good enough, Obama said. Maybe they don't think they understand the issues well enough. Maybe they don't see how their vote will make a difference. Or maybe they just don't think their voices matter. Whatever the reason, it's up to us to flip that script and show young people how crucial their votes are. 
and how just a few boats can be decisive on issues that matter to them and to their community. She also is asking that teachers who are interested text the word TEACH to 21333 or go to the website weall.vote forward slash school to join her in making sure every eligible student is registered and ready to vote. There is also a Twitter page for When We All Vote where more information is available. as reported in The Hill and written by Miranda Green. Communities are no longer able to appeal pollution permits under forthcoming EPA rule. Changing Environmental Protection Agency regulations could soon strip individuals and communities of the ability to challenge granted pollution permits while continuing to allow industry to appeal denials, the New York Times reported. In the new rule, the EPA is preparing to weaken, would no longer allow community voices across the country to challenge decisions on how much pollution is legally allowed to be released at nearby power plants, according to this report. Three people familiar with the draft plan which has not yet been released, told the Times that industry stakeholders would still be allowed to appeal the EPA's decision to the Environmental Appeals Board. The EPA did not confirm or deny the existence of forthcoming rulemaking. The EPA is always interested in improving its processes while maintaining environmental protection. Contrary to the speculation by certain parties, the EPA is working to protect the public interest and transparently carry out its work, an EPA spokesperson said in a statement. News of the rule change, first announced by the Public Employees for Environmental Responsibility on Friday, came in the same week as President Trump held his environmental leadership speech at the White House. Trump preached the role his administration has played in bringing top-notch water and air protections to the U.S. What the EPA is proposing means communities and families no longer have the right to appeal a pollution permit that might affect them. Patrice Sims, a former staff lawyer for the Environment Appeals Board, told the Times. Critics of the rule say the change appeals option offered communities a forum to push back on the EPA's decisions without piling on legal fees and mounting lengthy legal cases. Supporters of the change say it would eliminate the red tape and speed up a process that ends up being decided by the courts anyway. The rule proposal could be made public as soon as this week, according to the Times. As reported in EcoWatch, there are four Koch Brothers-funded congressmen who are behind a bill to abolish the EPA. Florida Republican Representative Matt Gates turned heads when he introduced a bill to completely abolish the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency. 
Today, the American people are drowning in rules and regulations promulgated by unelected bureaucrats, Gates told fellow GOP lawmakers in an email. And the Environmental Protection Agency has become an extraordinary offender. Representative Gates' bill came the day after a Senate committee voted in favor of confirming Scott Pruitt, the fossil fuel-friendly attorney of Oklahoma, who has sued the EPA 14 times to head the agency. And like Pruitt, Representative Gates and his three fellow sponsors of House Resolution Bill 861 have all benefited from campaign donations from oil, gas, and coal companies and large electric utilities. The four GOP reps have raked in campaign cash from some of the biggest corporations peddling fossil fuels, including Coke Industries, Duke Energy, Chevron, and ExxonMobil. What's more, an independent political group funded by an oil and gas company stepped in with ad buys to aid in Gates' recent U.S. House race. Over their careers, these legislators appear to have responded in kind, pushing legislation favored by the industries reliant on fossil fuel. Here's who they are, how much they've received from the industry, and what they've been up to in recent years. Representative Matt Gates, Republican from Florida. Since 2010, Gates' political campaigns have received $28,000 directly from fossil fuel companies and energy utilities, according to data compiled by the National Institute on Money and State Politics. These donors include the corporate PACs of utilities, including Duke Energy, Gulf Power, Next Era Energy, Progress Energy, Southern Company, and T-Core Energy. Oil and gas companies Chevron, Exxon, and Coke Industries. And individual donors, including the CEO of Gulf Power and the CEO of Global Industries and Door Energy. In 2016, as Gates ran for his first term in Congress, a super political action committee supported him receiving a $100,000 donation from Harness Oil and Gas, a Texas-based company reportedly run by family friends. The super PAC, North Florida Neighbors, spent more than $460,000, the bulk of its total expenditures during that election cycle, supporting Gates. As a Florida state legislator, Gates successfully fought the requirement that gas sold in the state contain a minimum percentage of ethanol, something he called a feel-good attempt to use alternative energy. For Representative Thomas Massey, Republican from Kentucky, uh, since 2012, was first elected with the backing of Tea Party group FreedomWorks, which heavily opposes environmental regulations and regulatory questions whether humans are affected by the climate. In his three congressional campaigns, Massey took in nearly $155,000 from companies working in various parts of the oil, gas, and coal industries, 
including Alpha Natural Resources, Chevron and Duke Energy, Exxon, Halliburton, and Coke Industries, as well as from CSX Corporation, a transportation company that operates trains carrying coal, oil, natural gas, and fracked sand, an essential material in using, used in shale drilling. From his position in Congress, Massey has attacked and attempted to weaken the EPA repeatedly. He co-sponsored a 2016 bill to shift how the EPA analyzes greenhouse gas emissions in favor of fossil fuel companies, a bill lobbied for by Marathon Petroleum and the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, which raises doubt about human-caused climate change. Before that, he co-sponsored a 2015 resolution weakening an EPA rule under the Clean Air Act and a 2014 bill lowering EPA ambient air quality standards. The Liberty for All Super PAC, funded mostly by young Texas-based millionaire investor John Ramsey, spent nearly $630,000 backing Massey for Congress in 2012. Not surprising, Ramsey has oil and gas ventures, according to his biography in the Super PAC website. Representative Barry Loudermilk, a Republican from Georgia, whose state and federal campaigns have received more than $60,000 from fossil fuel companies and trade associations, including Duke Energy, Exxon, Georgia Mining Association, Georgia Power, Coke Industries, and Valero Energy. In Congress, Loudermilk has co-sponsored several energy-related bills, including an energy bill for which Duke Energy and Southern Company lobbied, a repeal of the U.S. crude oil export ban, which numerous fossil fuel companies, including BP, Chevron, Exxon, Marathon Oil, and ConocoPhillips, lobbied in support of, and a bill challenging the EPA greenhouse gas regulations, another piece of legislation oil and gas companies and utilities favored. Both Louder Milk and Massey sit on the House Committee on Science, Space, and Technology, which has jurisdiction over the EPA, the Department of Energy, and the National Ocean and Atmospheric Administration and its Subcommittee on Oversight, key positions that would naturally attract the attention of fossil fuels companies. Loudermilk's 2015 financial disclosure statement reveals that he had received state funding to attend and speak in a conservative pol policy summit hosted by the Climate Change Denying Heritage Foundation, which has reportedly received $780,000 from ExxonMobil, and nearly $6 million from Koch Family Foundations. Another speaker at the conference was Myron Ebel, the notorious climate change denier who led Trump's EPA transition team. Ebel crafted Trump's plan to hobble the EPA. As a Georgia state senator, 
Loudermilk was on the Communications and Technology Task Force of the American Legislative Exchange Council, a conservative bill that unites state legislators and big business representative. It has a history of producing templates for anti-environmental legislation involving climate change denial, promoting gas pipelines, and attacking residential solar energy. In addition, ALEC is funded by many of the same fossil fuel corporations that donated to the campaigns of Loudermilk and his fellow legislators, hoping to abolish the EPA. Those are Chevron, CSX, Dominion, Duke Energy, Exxon, and Koch Brothers Industries, to name just a few. Representative Steve Palazzo from Mississippi enjoys PACs and employees of companies in the energy and national resource sector have given more than 265000 to Palazzo's four federal election campaigns, which includes 168000 from oil and gas companies. The fourth largest donor is Mississippi Power, an electrical utility owned by Southern Company that burns coal and natural gas and has given Palazzo's campaign more than $34,000. Palazzo has also taken in $24,000 from Chevron, nearly $20,000 from Koch Brothers Industries, and $19,000 from General Electric. In 2015, Palazzo voted to an EPA rule that increased emission standards for coal-fired power plants, and in the year prior, he voted to halt defense spending on climate change initiatives and to cut all funding for the Department of Energy's Energy Efficiency and Renewable Energy Program. In previous years, Palazzo voted to speed up natural gas pipeline permits to allow state laws to supersede federal EPA laws regarding hydraulic fracking and cut funding to the EPA, among other measures. While serving as Mississippi State Representative, Palazzo was also a member of ALEC. Representative Gates' official declined to offer comment, while other three representatives did not respond to the requests for comment. While that bill to kill the EPA has received little support from either political party and is unlikely to pass, its mere existence marks the extent to which fossil fuel funding has the potential to influence elected officials. This bill joins an effort already underway among the GOP-controlled House, the Senate, and in the White House to roll back legislations to protect the environment and public health. Congressional observers likely can expect to see more of the same from these four representatives in the future. We need to stay informed and watch what's happening with the EPA.